Hi, Assembly. <laughs> nice to see you all. Uh, I hope you're somewhere comfortable and uh, you can hear us okay. Uh, it's um, really nice to see so many people of you here and uh, thank you for joining. And also thank you to Casco's organizational team to, to make this happen in this weird time. Um, my name is Ying Kwei. Uh, I'm part of the steering committee uh, together with Annette Kraus and uh, Yolandi van der Heide. I'll be your facilitator for the first conversation today. Um, I'm coming to you from Utrecht, uh, where I've lived the past 13 years. Uh, I came here to study anthropology and then I got a contract uh, at Casco seven years ago. Um, then uh, I started to freelance uh, in 2016, working with many different heads, uh, mostly in collective context. And I'm very excited for the coming days and honored uh, to have the pleasure uh, to introduce you to the first five C words and their uh, contributors. So this uh, conversation table, it addresses uh, five C words for the commons, uh, which are chapas, uh, collection, coin, uh, company, and clerk. So I just want to play a little with this um, commoning mass game. So to see the interest of you all, can you please do this renaming thing uh, with the, okay, no, wait, yeah. Can you do this renaming thing uh, with the C word that you have most interest in. Maybe also uh, participants, so uh, contributors, maybe you can stay with your camera, but maybe just to get the overview, can the participants also turn off the camera so I can see what the words are. Okay, I don't see many C words yet. Coin. Ying, can I ask a question to just cl clarify? Yes. Of the five for this table or of, of all the words? No, five for this table, please. Yeah, thanks for clarifying. No, so not any word of choice. Okay, so I have a few, yeah, it's coming through. I have a few clerk, chapas, coin. I see a lot of company. Okay, um, thank you. Um, for the, can the contributors please turn on their sound? Hi. Hi. Hi, Hemon. Hello. Hey, hey. Hello. Hi, Rene. Hello. Hi, hi. Cool. Maybe uh, as long as the sound, the background noise is not disruptive, shall we keep the sound on? Yeah? Okay. So um, let me start with uh, with company, yeah? So from a first glance, I saw a lot of, of, of those. Um, let's see. Okay, so the C word 
company, it was submitted by Catherine Baum. Catherine, can you wave and say hello? Hi. Put something in my mouth. <laughs> Sorry. Hi, Catherine. Welcome. Nice to see you. <laughs> um, let me introduce you quickly. Um, so Catherine is an artist based in London. Uh, she's active many different constellations, uh, many different collective constellations and a part of Company Drinks, uh, which is a community space and a social enterprise in Barking and Dagenham in the UK uh, that grew out of uh, people picking together in their local green surroundings and countryside. Um, Catherine, you introduce uh, um, uh, the interdependence, which you abbreviate as, as IDT dot. How do you how do you pronounce the abbreviation? IDT. IDT. Okay. I, 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 it's um, this interdependence. It's it's a multi-local alliance known as the as, yeah this as the interdependence. It's something that you develop as part of the Center for Plausible Economies and the Community Economies Research Network. Um, actually, Casco is also a fellow member. Uh, there in the Community Economies Research Network. Um, I really appreciated your contribution. Thank you for uh, writing it, um, especially this uh, uh, list um, explaining your view on, on what interdependency means. And you actually also ask the reader to, to, um, to think about what it means to them. Um, so actually, I also thought about it a little bit to me, interdependence uh, is also implied in mutual aid. Um, and I'd love to hear a little bit from you uh, later, but I thought maybe we could um, put this question uh, to the assembly first as well, and kind of see uh, uh, what people think. Is that okay with you, Catherine? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? So I want to take uh, three minutes uh, to reply to... Catherine's question, uh, which is, what is interdependence? Um, you, if you want to reply using your audio, then please put a heart on your screen. And then Leana, who is uh, the facilitator as well today, uh, for this session, she will um, write down uh, the order of the names and she will call you uh, when you can speak. But of course you can type. Uh, it, remember that it's very, short description. Uh, the longest description that Catherine used was four words. So it uh, can be very quick. Um, yeah, so assembly, what do you think? What is interdependence? Um, maybe I can say something. I think, interde uh, I think interdependence means that you like everything that you create cannot really exclude other people's participation and contribution no matter how passive it may seems to be or uh, the, 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 the recognition of that everything that you create is built upon other people's contribution and assistance and and just like everything around it so I, I think interdependence uh, it's, it's trying to forefront this kind of recognition and values uh, to the to the front table so that everyone can 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 keep that in mind when they're doing things and then 
it will influence other people's as well, as well as other people's doing will influence ourselves. Yeah. My two cents. Yeah. I'm getting interdependence is natural. Giving what you can, which giving what you can and taking what you need. Uh, the acceptance that vulnerability and affects as human and social rights. Relationalities are always there. Um, someone like to open their mic and give their interpretation? Ah, okay. There is no autonomy. What, what does that mean? There is no autonomy. Maybe this is a bit too soon in the assembly yeah, to ask you. <laughs> hey, may I speak? Yes, please. Hi, Asia. Just hello, just to break the ice. <laughs> um, I, I think interdependence it's something natural that's what i wrote because it seems to me that um uh, nature knows much better than human beings how to be interdependent everything is connected and react to each other in uh, nature uh, outside the human being world <laughs> so thank you <laughs> Maybe, I, I don't know, this is not really like meaning, but I am curious the relationship between company and the interdependence. Would you like to uh, share a bit, uh, elaborate, Catherine? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, I'm a bit positive being the first one. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> um, I wouldn't mind using a few slides. Yes. Is that okay? That's okay. Um, because then I have to, I find it easier to explain something. Mm -hmm. um, if that's okay. And I'll, I'll only take like five minutes. Oh, that's very long. Three? Two? Three. Okay. Yeah, you time me. I can be really fast, but um. Yeah, so I think, let me use the slides, honestly, it will make it much easier because I've, I'm presenting the term today with a slightly practical approach. So, of course, it incorporates all those bigger concepts and the kind of very principles of the fact that we are all interdependent and want to consider this um, through what we do. But I'm also presenting it today as a kind of practical response um, to demonstrate interdependence. So I, I use my I use my slideshow. I feel so bad now in introducing PowerPoint to this assembly, but oh no, please, that's that's it. <laughs> Too late. It's nice to be a bit more clear. Um, so I, I I I I can quickly run through where we where I end up with the idea of the interdependence, and because the C word I submitted was actually company, because as an artist I'm interested in economics as a cultural practice and art as a way to take back the economy as we know it. Um, so it's, it's, it's 
company in its very broad cultural sense of negotiating values and relationships. And I'm talking about company um, as, a, as a business or an enterprise that's rooted in the concept of community economies, which I think many in the room are probably familiar with. And I actually did present the C words two years ago at the assembly. Um, and I presented company drinks and it's nice to be in this very good family of other organizations that start with the C, company, and we all kind of allow ourselves to um, address the C as a kind of key, key idea of commoning um, in, in our different um, enterprises. And for company drinks, um, it is a drinks company. And the commoning happen, happens um, within the, the cycle of production um, that we have that seasonal. And that kind of puts those different aspects of a production cycle um, together in a cycle of interdependence. And um, our economy is based on principles of commoning in the sense that we make resources that avail are available to us accessible and manage and elaborate and um, decide on them collectively. So that's super short and I've introduced this before, so I don't want to talk about it again. Um, but of course, that the idea is how can we take back an idea of an enterprise or company, uh, a company to actually talk about the possibility of practicing the comments and how does it look spatially and, and also financially. Um, so, but what I wanted to, why I'm leading to the interdependence is, um, and maybe I bring this back. And I think that's a proposition, of course, to the assembly that the question of like, how do many of our um, very localized and very specific projects and actions, how do they connect? How do they scale up? And um, if you associate yourself in any way with like business, that's the second question. <laughs> how, how are you going to scale up? So to avoid the question, or to say this is first of all the wrong question, but also to demonstrate that there is a scale and a much much bigger scale to those small or individual efforts. Um, many of the members of the Community Economy Research Network um, came up with this idea of um, creating a new shared identifier. And this identifier is called the, the interdependence, or the abbreviation is IDT. Um, so it's kind of a response from a net, quite a big net global network that looks into how community economies can be practiced. Um, it's a kind of practical response um, to say, we are big, there's a large scale to it, it's just rather invisible. So the IDT um, is first of all to declare an interdependence and to make it visible. And this launched last month. I can't give you a website yet because the website is so bad. But next year we'll have an amazing website and everybody please sign up. So it's both... Um, uh, Catherine, can I... Yeah. Can I stop you there? Yeah, okay. So just because of the time and we have so many. I think, uh, thank you for, for, for this brief introduction. Um, maybe it's good also for the harvesters and note takers to um, uh, remember these questions, maybe these two questions that you bring in the beginning. Uh, so how to uh, think of community, how to connect these kind of local practices and this question of scale. Uh, I think that's, that's very uh, 
uh, important for the rest of uh, uh, the participants in the assembly as well. Um, thanks. Uh, because of the time, I, I think I, I need to move on to the next uh, word. Uh, Vapka is, I see Vapka wants to speak. You're, you're muted, Wapka. Yeah, sorry. I think to add to it, you have scale on how to connect and you have also visual branding. As that's also something, I think if you talk about scale, that's also what art institutes do, what you do with the rituals. So maybe that's interesting to connect or is that destroying your mind now, Jen? My mind? Yeah. So, yeah. Is it? I would connect that. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. For, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, not to say that this conversation is done, but just to um, make room for the other uh, contributors and see words. Um, let me move to um, collection. Uh, Heman and uh, Rene. Are you around? I saw him on. You want to start? You want to? Oh. Hi. <laughs> Hi. So uh, Renee and I, we've been running uh, an independent library called the Library of Unread Books for the last four years or so, four years. And uh, it's a very simple concept, which is to essentially solicit uh, books from private libraries so that we can transform these unread books into a, a, a public situation, let's say, which these books will be then accessible to anyone who wants to come to it. Um, we function mostly of the generosity of other institutions, and we we'll like to keep it that way because we feel that uh, it's, essentially a method to force the hand of the institution to consider having a kind of community space within an art context. Um, we've done it, the project started in, the, in, in Singapore where we, we are currently based at the NTU, Center for Contemporary Art, and uh, we ran it out of a, of a studio as part of a residency program. And then uh, the project traveled to Manila with the Museum of Contemporary Art and Design, and then to Casco and to many other places. But um, I guess what we're trying to also do is to somehow influence um, a way of understanding what it means to have a, a kind of common resource space within a space that is exclusively um, about staging, let's say this kind of like uh, ideas behind canons of art, which is a very limited idea of how we would understand art and culture. Mm. Um, we chose the word collection because our library is essentially a collection of things that are, uh, are gathered by uh, a very large amount of people. We have about 3,000 books in the library of unread books uh, from 
many, many different people. And uh, this collection is also a way for everyone to participate in a, in a very uh, simple but uh, real uh, sort of method uh, mm -hmm. within a project. So it's not, um, it's not a frivolous participation uh, of sorts. It's not a kind of empty gesture. It really is about considering what you don't want to read in your collection and how you think that someone else could read it for you, how it could be useful for a kind of larger community. Um, Great. Do you want to add to something? Do you want to say something? You wanted to ask something? Oh, uh, I uh, no, please. Yeah. Um, so maybe we could just open it up to anyone who wants to talk about the word collection. Good idea. Any thoughts, ideas around the word collection? I had a, a question, uh, maybe. Yes. Um, so you you write about your collection, about your library, um, in the form of plant, uh, epiphyte. Mm -hmm. so I was googling this and seeing like a, so like non parasitical plant that uh, doesn't root in in soil. Um, yeah. And I thought it was very interesting metaphor, and uh, I wonder if you can maybe elaborate a bit on that because you see uh, sure. you see it living on surface of institution uh, somehow. Yeah. So it, it really is a reference coming from the equatorial regions and epiphyte is a plant that grows on another plant but does not um, draw energy from the other plant. You know what I mean? Most of it are like pla uh, uh, plants like ferns or orchids, you know, and they, they actually have roots that derive moisture from the, from the air. So I think the Library of Unread Books functions like that because it requires very little from the institution. We are not asking them to like buy the books, for example, or go crazy in building us a kind of a furniture structure to house the books. So for example, at Costco, um, you know, the Mo and, and in other places, most of the books are actually just placed on tables, which are very simple objects that we could find or build very, very easily. And that uh, is, it, uh, and also concerning how we display the library, we don't have categories, we don't have a method in displaying. So uh, it's a kind of a mess, and in, it's within this mess that uh, um, people could engage with the library from different entry points without any kind of predetermined route. So there are all these sort of levels, I feel, that applies to how we engage with an institution, which is to somehow engage with it, but not to exhaust it mm. and not to draw, uh, not to sort of draw upon its internal resources for our library. So it just sort of hangs on it. And I think that that works very well for us uh, in the in the way. Really, uh, most of the time, all we we are asking for is a spare room. 
sparrow. Mm. Very nice. Thank you for that uh, imagination. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna open it up for now, uh, just so that we can have the space for the other words and then see how much time there's left, yeah? Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you, Hemon. Thank you, Rene. Um, let's move to um, Chiapas. Uh, Serena, Annette, hi. Hi. Can you wave? Say hi. <laughs> ah, now I see you. It's funny how the Zoom makes this hierarchy, right, in the videos. So sometimes you suddenly show up, Serena. So hey. <laughs> Um, welcome. Uh, so the next word on table, chapas. I'm very happy to introduce you to, um, to fellow members uh, of Read In to you. Serena Lee calling from Vienna and Annette Kraus from uh, Utrecht. Uh, so Read In is a collective that experiments with collective reading and memorizing for the past uh, 10 years. Um, we, well, not me. Uh, I only joined in 2016 around, um, so, but yeah, we read in, grew with the Grand Domestic Revolution in 2011 around the previous Casco building in the new Gada. And this is how we kind of become a sibling to Casco and entangled through the work that we share. Uh, and this particular world, this particular word, uh, chapas, um, is part of a glossary of sticky terms of and for the commons, which was uh, put together during a collaboration with uh, Kunchi Study Forum and Collective in Yogyakarta, uh, Indonesia in 2015. Uh, Kunchi is also a member of Arts Collaboratory and actually we have one of Kunchi members uh, with us today as well, Nuraini Yulia Stuti. Um, I didn't see you in the uh, squares yet, but she is, she is, I saw her. We were already exchanging. <laughs> ah, great. Well, Nuning, please feel free to join the conversation. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, about your dog after all. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'll just give the floor to Aneta and Serena for now. Sure. Thanks so much, Ying, and thank you, Casco, for gathering us. It's really great to see everybody on screen. Um, just really briefly, Chepas is a, a lovely medium-sized black dog that we came to know over the two and a half so weeks that we spent um, in and around Kunchi and with the different communities of people that were coming in and out of the space. And so just to give you a little bit of background, the project that we were working on really evolved from us being in conversation with folks at Kunchi and the sort of extended family um, and this glossary uh, of sticky terms of and for the commons uh, was really evolving out of a lot of the conversations we were having and time we were spending um, in Jogja um, in, a, in such a way that we wanted to really address the untranslatability of a lot of um, specific practices of, um, of commenting uh, that you know, we were learning from um, just over the course of spending time there. Uh, so Chepas, C is for Chepas, is one of the um, glossary entries. And so it made a lot of sense to, uh, to bring this to you today. Um, and one of the things that uh, we've spoken about and leading up to the assembly is that we've really, we really enjoy the fact that we came to know Chepas just through a lot of daily rhythms of being in the space and being around other people and sort of understanding how 
um, Kunchi operates um, within the sort of uh, community and extended family format of people coming and going and using the space in different ways and um, or you know not using the space, not doing and doing um, and how Chepas is sort of a visualization or materialization of how these networks of interactions um, exist in such a space. And um, in the course of our conversations, with um, folks like Dina and Gita and Antariksa, um, it became clear that uh, the idea of ownership was just not something that applied to Chepas. Um, there were periods in which um, organizations were in motion and there was moving happening to different um, buildings. And so there was always this idea of like, what would happen with Chepas and what did Chepas need in anticipation of these sorts of movements. So it was a lot of understanding of how um, how the how Chepas is as a dog, a sort of commons, and that there's a shared responsibility, shared um, level, like different levels of engagement with him. Um, there's different responsibilities towards him, but and and so it's not not to flatten the types of interactions that gather around Chepas because there's definitely some people doing a lot more work with him than others. Um, but just the fact that he sort of presents a kind of, um, he is himself a, a locus for a lot of networks of interactions. And of course, there's also this element of temporality and like anticipating what he might need, anticipating um, what the space ought to be and how these things are in response to one another. So we were really struck with how, um, how this also emerged sort of from within, that it wasn't a decision that was made um, and imposed that Chepas belongs to so-and-so, but that the forms of relationality and the forms of um, uh, companionship and uh, guardianship and, and caretaking all emerged in, um, in a very specific way. I mean, Chepas is a very specific term um, and it's something that, uh, that comes out of the doing and the being with together. Annette, do you wanna talk more of it? Or maybe we can like you 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 guide us in in time wise. Is it okay to speak further, or should we? Well, we have we don't have a lot, but maybe you can take like uh, maybe you can say a few sentences. Uh, well, like one one thing, but it's like I mean, Serena already said it. What what I kind of uh, find again and again, uh, what struck me, and by reading back into what we did together with Kunchi, but many other interlocutors. Actually, it reminds us in relation to the sticky terms, often for the commons, how, how Chepas can remind us of the formal and informal ways, how we come together. And I think it, it uh, relates to what Katrin already said um, and uh, um, the, like the interdependencies, like, and also that like highlighting the, the, the informal ways of how we come together. Um, might very well be a big part of uh, the, the commons debate and commoning. Thanks. Thank you for uh, introducing. Yeah, I think this um, uh, way of um, it's really in the doing and the learning together that we can also um, understand for the larger idea of how to common or, uh, yeah, yes. Um, Let's see. Um, let's and I'm gonna move uh, to the next because we have two more words and five minutes, right? Mm -hmm. 
So I'll start with a clerk because actually Stacy told me that they didn't want to speak much. So I think maybe that's uh, um, helpful. <laughs> right, Stacy? Well, I, I can speak later, but I just for two minutes, maybe I can share a little bit about the, the clerk. Yeah, if you like. Yeah. Can everyone hear me okay? Good. Okay. So, um, uh, yeah. Right now at Costco, um, we are working on reorganizing and stimulating our archive. And I've been at Costco for the past couple of years, mostly working on the exhibition program, but I'm finding my desires and concerns going more towards different kinds of arts administrative work. Um, so, but as we're doing this process with the archive, it's, it's really not only about clarifying the past, to make us, you know, make our archive as a resource, but it's a question of which choices we're going to make, you know, to guide the ways in which we manage and organize our resources in the future. So when thinking about the clerk, I mean this like expansively to include the work and practices of arts administrators, archivists, librarians, registrars, accountants. Um, and also like the clerk is in all of us, you know, like the author clerk dynamic, as I um, mentioned, from the Dion Brand uh, novel in my contribution. But so we all relate to it differently. So I ultimately, I wonder about this work at Costco moving forward. If we focus on collective art projects, how can we common the clerical? Like if we initiate and adopt and support collective art projects in their various points in time and acknowledge all of their differences, what are like the basic needs to be met while also radicalizing the work? you know, because like queer, black and disabled lived experience navigating the standardization and whiteness of the institution is like something that we can also think about. And then, so there are a number of aspects related to this too, but some clarifying terms, like also um, to think of the politics of documentation, like what we want to document and save, especially in these emergent technological spaces. What are like consensual and thorough frameworks of collaboration? Um, you know, crediting acknowledgement and research practices and like especially um, getting into more and more like media and information accessibility. So these are just to name a few and I would really love to learn from all of you like the tips and tools that you have and maybe we can take it over into the editorial corner too at a later point, but I would really be happy to share like what I'm learning right now about this and then also specifically with the this assembly group, maybe we can find some common clerical uh, resources for us to use. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Um, ah, oh, okay, great. So five more minutes. Um, let me just respond quickly to you, Stacey. Um, yeah, I think it was uh, uh, interesting to have this administrational element mm -hmm. to, um, to the comments, uh, also in regards to like, um, one of the things you say, shape-shifting legal frameworks, mm. uh, you know, because of the idea of loopholing uh, uh, in, in regards to how, how we can think of legal entities and administration frameworks that you can loophole mm -hmm. as, a, as an institution for the commons and then create uh, yeah, space for under commons to flourish or, um, yeah. So let's bring this to the, to the editorial corner. Uh, please share your thoughts. Uh, maybe you have examples in your own practice that uh, uh, are tools for uh, to think about how to do uh, administration together, how to think of the clerical in a collective um, 
way. So thanks, Stacy. Um, I'm gonna move to Yin Aiwen uh, about coin. Hi, Yin. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> you know, it's it's nice to have you on the table because I remember uh, two years ago in the first assembly, you were actually supposed to present a session as well. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we ran out of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, in the last time that we, uh, me and Bina, supposed to present the common star art to everyone, uh, uh, an ongoing initiative to think about how how uh, to to propose a new form of economy in the art ecology that can uh, hopefully sort of like a provide a paradigm shift from productive oriented economy to a more maintenance driven kind of economy. Maintenance I, uh, in the sense of when we are maintaining uh, our everyday life or maintaining an artwork, we are not just preserving it to its initial state, but actually we're trying to keep the situation around us that uh, up to date and then uh, also have this high awareness of uh, the work or the environments in relation to ourselves, our own development. So in a way that uh, the project Common Star Art that we are working on now is uh, also trying to apply this idea to the art world, uh, sort of is quite specifically on the, on the genre uh, quote unquote genre of like socially engaged art. We call that just to sort of highlight that uh, there are new genre of uh, artistic work that is uh, attempt to more than just uh, living in the gallery space, museum space, but rather trying to go out in the everyday life in trying to make more substantial impact to uh, to the to, to the society, but then somehow we notice this kind of dilemma that the 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 whole economic engine in the art world is always. Uh, predominantly rewarding producing new works uh, and then showcasing repeatedly to sort of accumulating for the uh, accumulating sort of reputation for individual artists or uh, art collectives. So in that sense that we are starting to think about how this is actually preventing socially engaged art uh, this kind of like productive mode of uh, of economy is preventing socially engaged or to to have an actual substan uh, sub sustainable and substantial impact to the society where the socially engaged art intended to be. Um, so common start art in this way, I sort of I would sort of like briefly uh describing like it as a project driven network and funding distribution platform that is aiming to uh formulate an e economic ecosystem for maintaining the socially engaged art projects by connecting artwork to caretakers uh here we talk about caretaker as in people who can make use of the idea that is forwarded by the project or the kind of uh social vision that uh, an art project is indicating and then by working with the artist then uh this uh sort of hopefully uh, so the institution, individuals, or uh, actors in, in other fields that is, goes beyond the art world uh, can make use of them and then turn it into something that is uh, 
more applicable, quote unquote, applicable. We're trying to find more nuances, but uh, we, we're trying to find a precise word, but it's not there yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, in general, we uh, uh, the, the reason that I'm in like I'm in the coin world is also because uh, most of our energy goes into how does uh, blockchain technology provide uh, provide the opportunity for us to. Uh, programming certain kind of social relationship into um, sort of a monetary value and how this monetary value doesn't necessarily means financialization of care but uh, we are more looking at the angle how does care implying certain kind of economic value that is not being able to present in the current uh, monetary system and how we can use this technology to sort of uh, simulating it back to a an economy that we actually think is fair and and and, and that we want it. yeah so that's wow i mean that's a such a big endeavor you're really dreaming up a whole <laughs> new infrastructure yeah <laughs> yes uh money as infrastructure for money. yeah yeah that. yeah um i'm sorry to cut you a little bit but uh and no you know you know <laughs> Um, thank you for for contributing coin. I meant to ask you actually because uh, you you wrote about how coin is encrypted in uh, in our um, relationship dynamics, which I thought was a very interesting um, idea, but I didn't fully understand. But I'm afraid uh, we don't have time to um, yeah. elaborate. But thank you very much for uh, your proposal. Yeah. Um, so I understood uh, fr- that we're skipping the break, right, guys? Yeah. We are. And uh, so we're moving right uh, to Tessa. Thank you, everyone, all the contributors to this table. Um, let's move to the second conversation. Thank you, Ying. Thank you, everyone. Welcome. Thank you.